Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm one of your hosts, Reagan Kelly, and I've got all of my awesome co-hosts with me today. Shane Kelly, my bro host. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing great, Reagan, and I want to welcome all our listeners to Ghosty Stuff. Ghosty Stuff, brought to you by Donut Wolf. <laughs> and Nate Heidinger. How are you doing, Nate? Uh, you know, scared of growing up, but um, other than that, I'm good. Glad to be here. And Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? Well, like our protagonist, uh, my breath smells like tacos, and I'm really glad I'm not a teenager anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We've played a lot of uh, spooky teens games, and this one, well, they're not technically teens. This is not the spookiest, nor the teeniest. (laughs) But this week we're talking about Night in the Woods, which is pretty recently out uh, from developers Infinite Fall. Uh, Infinite Fall is Alec Halauka, who uh, made the music for Towerfall among many other things. Uh, Scott Benson, who's an animator and a really interesting Twitter shit poster. And <laughs> Bethany Hockenberry, who, whose work I'm not familiar with outside of this game, but clearly has an amazing hand in the writing and story, and probably in many other aspects, too. And she's very good at these uh, post-teens. They're not exactly the teens. They're not uh, in high school. For once, we're dealing with people who graduated, and then question mark? (laughs) If there's only a word for an age between teenager and adulthood, they could call it a tween. (laughs) Arguably, tweens are just late high school, says someone who used to do marketing for teenagers. (laughs) I hate the word tweens, but that's a bit of a sidetrack. Night in the Woods is a uh, sort of an adventure game. Um, So, and, and it's kind of hard to completely classify it but i think adventure game is probably the closest but this is not something in the kind of monkey island point and click style you know this is a story driven game that plays a bit like an exploration oriented platformer but is entirely focused on character writing and story with at least some kind of mini games sprinkled all throughout it though you mentioned platformer Um, You do definitely control your character and are tasked with various little uh, challenges and little games throughout. It's definitely not the focus, but there's a lot to do in this game in between the the story, which is the driving element of the game. I think that when one of the designers um, described this game as having the key to the game, the key actions being explore, converse, see, and touch. Nataki gave about this game. I really, I really think that carries through over any kind of like play. It's, it's none of those are none of those are are really gamey things to be doing. Exploring, you know, certainly is a is a big element, but just seeing and touching things seems like a very it seems like a strange kind of set of verbs to be part of a game, doesn't it? But I think it makes sense to me just because of the. The main driver of this plot is that you play May, who's just left college for good. She's dropped out. And she's going back to her town and exploring it and conversing with people. And it makes sense because there's this kind of built-in nostalgia. If you're looking at stuff that's changed and been like, oh, God, geez, I've both been gone a long time and barely left.
Yeah, and the, the game is so story-focused that it kind of makes more sense to talk about the story first and then talk a little bit more about uh, how the game tells that story with its mechanics and other stuff in a little more detail. Yeah, very afterwards. accessible mechanics. I don't think people are going to need a lot of explanation from the game itself or from us in terms of mechanics. Yeah, and you can you can glance at a trailer and get a pretty good sense of, of how the, the game is going to work, although it has lots of little surprises for you throughout it. But this is a story about May Borowski, um, who is a cat person. Uh, now, that's not really commented on in the, the story. This is not really the, a game for furries or something like that, although I think the furry community has embraced it wholeheartedly. Well, and for once, when you say cat person, it's the type of cat person that we wish we all met when we say cat person, that <laughs> she is literally a cat person. In a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Not that she really, really loves cats. Yeah. She's kind of got this kind of post-punk vibe to her. She's this tough girl uh, who happens to have the head of a cat, um, and she's returning home to her cat family in Possum Springs. Possum Springs is really, really important to the to the game and the story. Possum Springs is this old mining town that is, uh, I think, supposed to be in, like, central Pennsylvania. Um, it's It feels very, al- although it's obviously sort of fanciful, this is a world populated by talking animals that wear clothes, um, the, the setting Possum Springs feels like, I wouldn't go so far as to exactly say realistic cause it's very stylized, but it feels like something that only someone who came out of a, a, this world, you know, came out of Pennsylvania mining towns that are, uh, economically just falling apart and have been for generations. This absolutely screams like personal story, personal experience. And I'm not sure whether this is all of them, but I know that this is something that's like, it's a really personal uh, part of the the game for the animator, Scott Benson. If you've ever been to one of those sorts of places, the places where the mine closed down, the factory closed down, and people are just trying to kind of figure out how to keep going and keep living in a place that is, you know, nobody's kids are better off than their parents anymore. Um, that's kind of the the place, the setting for this game. When we talk about the setting, I feel like it's impossible to describe the setting and not talk about the sort of art style of that setting and, and what I feel is kind of the reference. Because I, I feel like the, the look and feel and down to the characters themselves all pull from like a really familiar but wonderful uh, heritage of like comic art. Like... Mm. The, the 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 look and feel of the characters has this sort of darker almost uh like a like Chris Ware and Mike Mignola had a baby but the setting and the characters and everything to me really feels more like uh the busy world of Richard Scarry gone wrong you know <laughs> or maybe Rocco's modern life yeah but arguably a little bit more tactile i think they they feel a little bit more physical I- I think that this is not like when we reviewed Machinarium and we didn't know what you could interact with. There's a lot of hints at what you can look at, what you can do. And I think there's also a lot of hints about where you can climb, what you can do. There's a lot of depth. We're talking about this very realistic, this kind of bummer town, but at the same place, I said the same place, Freudian Slip, at the same time, this world is pretty lovely. The town is terrible, but then the night sky is gorgeous. Um, People have a lot of hipster clothing, but it's just because they're from a mining town, and that's what hipsters wear now. (laughs) It just caught up with them. We just caught up with them. And I I think 
this game is not only beautiful, it's hilarious. And I think that there's a good blend of the two. The art style makes it feel like you can laugh, even though people are in terrible situations sometimes. Well, it kind of has almost like a paper cutout, right? Like it, it mm-hmm. in a way to me, it felt like, like it, the, the more modern episodes of South Park where like, you know, they used to do paper cutouts, but now it's all just CGI, but it kind of looks like paper cutouts. If not CGI, but you know what I mean? If you take that and then make like beautifully rich colors and a far more interesting um, landscape and a far more interesting um, sort of color palette, um, it kind of felt like that, especially the way the characters kind of sit in front of the landscape. They're kind of popped out. It's so gorgeously animated. If you look back at like, so the the lead animator, um, Scott Benson, he was a part of something called Late Night Work Club, which I don't really know a lot about. But if you look them up on Vimeo, there's a lot of videos that they produced as just sort of like animated shorts. And this game looks like one of their animated shorts come to life. Um, it's amazing how well the art style that's, you know, in the concept art has like absolutely a hundred percent come alive in the game. It, it looks exactly like their concept art and it's absolutely gorgeous. It moves beautifully. The animation is great. You know, lots of little fun details in the animation, everything about the look and animation of the game just absolutely drew me in. It was really beautiful. Yeah. There's like kind of some momentum to uh, may your character. So when you're running one way, and you decide to like turn back and go back the other way. Yeah, she kind of like skirts and her head is huge because she's, you know, a cat uh, on just like a bot on like a standing up body. And her head kind of like leans back the way that you were going, like the momentum of her head still carried <laughs> back a little bit. That's so great. And she kind of f- flails a little bit. Everything is is. Um, Everything is animated. Yeah, her walking and running animations, her like animation when she's walking along the power lines, which is something you get to do kind of a lot in this. All of the little animations that she does are just great. And there's lots of little one-off animations in people's faces and things like that, that, you know, when there's dialogue going on, nothing is ever really all that still. Everything is, feels sort of like somebody put a lot of time and attention into every, every detail and every moment of the game. Yeah, and sometimes when you have a really good moment or you have a something that your character may wants to save, she draws it in her journal, and the drawings are hysterical. They're, that's nothing new. I mean, we've seen it in a lot of the games we have where you get this journal of sketches to look back on, but these are really funny. There's mm-hmm. a drawing of, for example, like the pizza scale is one of the <laughs> things that I, I'm sure that it could be in a webcomic tomorrow. It's so good. It's It's... Every just when you see the pizza scale, know that I've taken that into the real world and made it part of my life. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that journal, one thing that one of the things I really liked about that journal as a plot device was the 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 way that, you know, if you open the journal, it was also the pause menu. And on that pause menu is a handout that she has like a little printed flyer thing that says options on it. And this in the story is revealed to have been something that she got from her kind of bad therapist, Dr. Hank. Uh, And it says to you, options. Remember, when you feel out of control, you always have options. Count to (laughs) ten. Take a deep breath. Take a nice walk. Practice positive self-talk. IPS, identify possible solutions. And (laughs) smile. Options. It's good. From Uh, Dr. Hank. 
Oh, man. And then it's like graphics. You know, you set the resolution. <laughs> then you set if you want, you know, active dialogue or not. Uh, one other thing, too, that I like with the, the notebook, the journal, it, it's a good example of how this game balances, um, like, heavy emotions with humor um, uh-huh. really, really early on, like right at the beginning of the game. Um, we are going to do a spoiler break, but this is like the first thing that you do in the game. Uh, you are left at a um, bus stop. Your parents forgot to pick you up, and you go through this kind of little tutorial about platforming. And May has this kind of real crisis of faith right at the beginning that her parents totally forgot about her. It's not too heavy, but it's kind of sad. And then you see the little note that... Uh, there's something in your journal and you go and you pull up your journal and the first thing is it says like in real big like your parents forgot you with like stars and exclamation points and rainbows (laughs) all over it it's just so funny it's such a funny little drawing and it comes on the heels of kind of a sad little moment um and the game is just full of little things like that yeah i wouldn't say it's a roller coaster of emotions but there's a lot of bittersweet and there's a lot of jokes that come that are so much funnier because you're, you know, healing a hurt relationship with your friends. In a lot of games, you know, we have a main character that is kind of a proxy for us, and it's about, like, imposing your will on the world around you. Uh, But in this game, the main character, we're learning about her as a person through these journal entries and through her actions, you know, which are... uh, and and, And to me, the proxy for you as the player felt more like uh, her friends, who you are getting to know even while they are getting to know the main character. So, uh, you know, that's that's what this game really was all centered around, is getting to know May as a character and May getting to know her friends. Yeah, it's sort of reconnecting. That's what I think the game, sort of the central thing of this game is you know exploring your town a town that's familiar to may but has changed a little bit as she's changed and been away and reconnecting with your friends and uh, you know may has a few main friends in possum spring and they are all these amazing wonderful characters that like by the end of the game i really felt like i kind of knew um you know her main her main friends that you're trying to reconnect with when you get home are Greg. Greg is a kind of a I guess he's a fox or a dog, um, and he's he's got a bomber jacket. That's what he's got. Oh, he's super cool and tough. And and Greg is like uh, Greg is like that. He's got a fascist friend. hat. I guess he does. <laughs> Greg, Greg is like that friend that you have that's like super cool, but kind of a punk, but. I don't know. How do you describe Greg? I mean, he's silly as hell. Like, yeah. Greg knows who he is, and he will put cups on his head just as soon as he will, you know, go do crimes. Like, Greg's great. Well, yeah, he's the type of guy who says, do you want to go do a crime? And then does a crime. <laughs> All minor victimless stuff, really. But sure, that's that's, sure. that's who Greg is. And he's got a wonderful boyfriend, Angus, who, you know, what I think I kind of really liked about this is you, you know that, or you, you kind of discover i guess that you know angus is that friend who's a friend of a friend you know you love greg or may loves greg and may loves that angus loves greg too um but you get to know angus a lot better through the story than it's clear that she did before um but he's just this very he's a bear uh in glasses (laughs) and a little hat 
And uh, he wears like a, he's got a tie. He's very fancy. He wears a, like a tie and a dress shirt always. Yeah, he's a very well-dressed bear. Yeah. And then, of course, there's B. B is an alligator. And she's probably your oldest friend in town. You get the uh, the impression that they were friends as little kids, but that it was more just a matter of that friend you have that you don't have that much in common with, but you've known them since you were absolutely like a toddler or something. Um, and B's story is really... Well, this might be partly because I spent... So you have a lot of options to spend time with different friends on different days and learn different things about them and experience different scenes with them. I spent a lot of time with B. And B's story is really uh, kind of sad, but also she's a really great character. And um, she's managing the hardware store in town, basically single-handed because her mother passed away and her father doesn't seem like he's you know particularly up to the task of managing the hardware store. So she's kind of managing on her own. And um, they have a kind of a tense relationship because B really wanted to go away to college and May has had that opportunity and kind of gave it up in what seems, you know, it, frankly, mysterious circumstances for most of the game. Um, and so they, they've got this weird relationship that I found really poignant. You know, it's all of the relationships, all of the relationships with B, with uh, May's friends are kind of she successfully comes home and reconnects with people, which is wonderful to see, but it's also kind of shot through with like disappointments and uh, bits of flecks of sadness in all of these relationships, even the ones with, you know, with Greg, Greg is thinking about moving away. And um, so it's those sort of threads of disappointment and sadness kind of adding to these this happy story of recon reconciling with friends that just i think makes it really poignant and interesting uh yeah absolutely i mean that is the game is 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 learning about your friends and as shane said learning about may um and i think it it's good to kind of um, talk for a minute about kind of like how you go about that because the game actually is pretty structured for a game that's about exploration. Uh, essentially, every day, May wakes up, um, you go downstairs, you probably talk to your mom for a minute, and then you hit the town. And the town is actually only, what would you say, like three or four kind of screens yeah. that pan left and right a little bit, uh, but they also go up and down a lot. Um, there's a lot of two or three story buildings. Again, this is a small town, so nothing. I think maybe the biggest building is like an apartment building that's like four or five stories. Um, and you just hit the town, and the town is full of things to interact with. Towns, people, signs, statues, um, all sorts of different things. And you kind of make your way each day. Uh, they've changed. Maybe there's new people out in the town for that day. Maybe stores are closed. Maybe stores are open. Maybe construction is completed because the game is gated a little bit at the beginning. Um, and ultimately, you will decide to do like an activity, I guess, or like an outing with one of your friends. And that kind of focuses the rest of the day's gameplay. You do that activity with the friend, you go back home, you go to bed, you wake up and you do the next day. And so every day you're making these choices of like, who do I want to spend my time with outside of my normal, just kind of like running around having conversations. Yeah. Like, do I want to go and uh, break shit with Greg or do I want to go hang out in the dying mall with B? Oh man, the dead mall was so great. <laughs> See, and that's what's so interesting about this game is there's a lot of different ways to play this game. And we were talking kind of before we jumped on that all four of us 
had different experiences with this game. You're choosing who you hang out with, and that's that day. And so if you don't go to the Dead Mall with B, you're going with Greg to uh, to do a crime, you know? And so you miss that chance, but it builds your relationship with Greg. Structurally, I think that ties back to what I was saying about the friends being kind of a proxy for the player. Like, choosing a friend for May to spend time with is your way as a player of interrogating May about what's going on in her in her mind and in her life. Yeah. And I think it's really... The mom character who you have lots of chats with actually says something like, you have limited time to make friends. Like, you have limited time to spend with your friends and you don't get to take that back. And it's not only her saying, hey, player, this is not one of those games where if you choose to do one thing, the next day you get to do the other. It's also kind of, you know, it feels more realistic. It feels more like, yeah, if you favor one friend over the other, they might not have much to say to you on chat that night. You know, that's kind of deep in life. You don't mm-hmm. get to go back and finish all the side quests. You don't. <laughs> and someday you just become like an old grumpy man or an old grumpy woman, which is like... Or the... an old grumpy alligator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who smokes in the library. Yeah, what was that all about? Or write uh, writing terrible poetry on your front porch all day. Hey, some of it's not terrible. God, Se- oh, Selmer's was great. Favorite. Oh man, I, I stopped oh, every Selmer's. single time to to hear Selmer's new poem for the day. They totally were great. Yeah, totally. there's so many side characters. There's like uh, you know we can't list them all or anything, but like every day you walk through the town and sometimes you see the same people again and again. And every single time they've got a different thing to say to you, and they've got their own little storylines that are progressing. Some of them more detailed than others. You know, there's a there's a a girl who's like a mouse that you can spot in various different places throughout the town, and if you keep up and with her and and talk to her x number of times, you know, you you get a kind of a complete picture of her life and. Um, some stuff happens with her. Also, there's some goth teens that you encounter at one point, and they're kind of hard. I didn't see their their full plotline unfold in my playthrough because I couldn't find them every time. But like, there there's all these background characters that you know. It's almost like rewards for for exploring really carefully every day. Is that there's things that are in different places all the time, and and you get yeah. plot details and and extra exposition that you wouldn't get otherwise. But unlike some games where I feel like wandering around and talking to every single person, there's always, you know, a Navi saying, get the hell on with a quest. This game is kind of like, that's the point. Yeah. Part of the point is just learning about your town, reconnecting people and getting excited to find out what the the two dudes who always talk about the the game are going to say today. Yeah. (laughs) Ghost Melters. Uh, Ghost Melters. I feel like you could probably finish this game in like 15 minutes if you really wanted to. If you just went from, uh, you know, point A to point B every map or every day, um, you could just plow through it. But that's not the point hours of the at game. Least, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I, I really, if you just woke up, can, went to... Can you skip all the friends? Can you like not hang out with either friend and just go back to bed like a depresso? Mm, I don't think so. I think that you have to hang out with a friend in order to... to finish each day so i think it'd be pretty hard to like really skim through i wonder what the speed run time on this would be but that that person for a for a game that uh that really strongly deals with depression uh at points i don't know if like a depresso is really (laughs) (laughs) is really the term that we should be using the short game supports mental health (laughs) yes we do yes you may be right you may be right um, in fact, you are absolutely right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
so I, I think it is interesting that, um, you know, a lot of these games that do this, that have like interesting side plots, they try to reward you with something like, oh, you got to the end of the spooky teens uh, plot line. So now you get this extra, you know, sweet pair of pants or something. Um, <laughs> but like, that's not how this game works. Like you don't have to do any of that. Um, but if you don't, it's you're missing half the point. There's some really, really cool and really, really interesting side plots that are just whether you're talking to these people or not. I mean, one that sticks out to me is the Bruce, the uh, like the wanderer, a guy who is homeless living on the outskirts of town and his interactions with pastor K the um, you know, the pastor at the local uh, church and, you don't have to do talk to them at all, um, and the outcome of that plot does not really change anything as far as the main story plot, which we're going to talk more about later. But like, I would be sad if I missed that. I'm glad that I went through and and you know followed up with it every single day. I, I had like a chart or like a path that I had like sculpted out every day by you know day four or five, where I knew what spots and what routes I was going to take to make sure what I thought was hitting every single interactable object every single day before making my choice of, of which friend. And, but even still, I know I miss stuff. I don't really know what you're talking about with little mouse girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. She's like, the girl I, who I likes to talk about horror and, movies. Yeah. You have to spot her. She's up oh, on roofs and stuff. Oh, okay. I just, I, I do know who you're talking about. Maybe I just didn't think that she was a mouse. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that having so many side characters meant that there were a lot of different point of view on the town and a lot of different sides of May. I mean, I mentioned before we started talking that I loved that uh, Bethany Hockenberry put some stuff in about being a lady. Like, she gets to talk a little differently with her bros versus when she's with B versus when she's with kind of another girl she doesn't know that well. And uh, I don't get to get that kind of feeling of being known in video games that often I get a lot more through books so I'm not saying that this is like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants it's really <laughs> subtle but every once in a while there's just kind of like a oh you wouldn't have thought about that anecdote without being a lady and just the writing in general is like full of wonderful details that feel so like you know so lived in so real like it's hilarious dialogue and it's it's sort of this like hipstery Hemingway of like brevity and <laughs> and like really simple uh, yeah. jargon but it's you know what it remind me of mm -hmm. a lot um, it's if you've read the Scott Pilgrim oh uh, yeah movie, yeah it, it's very it, it, it's different enough um, but it is it's, it reminded me a lot of the Scott Pilgrim kind of tone. yeah it really does yeah it's super Scott Pilgrim and it's kind of how you kind of wish more people talked on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that kind of thing where, like, everyone is probably a little bit You just got to follow more fantasy animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing writing. Like, I think this is... I, I, I was thinking about the contrast between this and Oxenfree. You know, like, we played Oxenfree last year, and it's another game... Um, about teens that are that's mostly dialogue oriented. Um, there's a lot to uh, there's a kind of a horror element to it that we won't get to until talk after the spoiler break. But th there's a lot of little parallels there. Um, but for games that are both focused entirely on their dialogue, Oxenfree, those kids would not shut up. And this is like every word in this does the does the work of 50 words in Oxenfree. It's like for a game that's so about dialogue, 
you know, so many, it's so not about talking at you. It's so about just the feeling of, the feeling of familiarity that you have with a close friend where you don't have to say a whole lot of words to make each other laugh or to, uh, or to like get a point across. You know, there's this sort of familiarity between all of these characters, between May and her mom, between May and her friends, between May even and her neighbors, where just a few words go a long way and it just really uh it's it's, it's brilliantly written. I think the proportion of feels is very different between this and oxen free like oxen free people wanted to talk about how you know and it feels like a bit older like it feels more 20s than you know 16 and oxen free everyone wanted to talk about oh no you didn't spend time with me for 10 minutes earlier and this one is like dude i haven't seen you in two years okay we're gonna go do something so it's not awkward yeah and then you do something crazy donuts donuts (laughs) let's smash some things outside it's like, uh, I haven't seen you in two years, but in those two years, I've been managing a hardware store because my mom died. So, you know. Let's pick up where busy. we left off. Also, <laughs> yeah. the possibilities is closed. No. <laughs> no, that happens during. That's yeah. it's a real hard uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's at the first hour. One thing I do want to make sure that we hit on, too, with this is like, you know, there is the majority of the of the gameplay is this like you're you're connecting with friends and you're learning about the interesting people in the town, but it is a little bit of a mystery too. And I don't want to spoil the mystery, um, but this this game has an action plot to a degree that is a bit of a mystery. And part of the exploration is trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and if if all this stuff about character and like reconnecting with old friends sounds boring to you, there's still there's another element to this game. Yeah, the, then the last is... third of the game <laughs> might turn it around for you. Yeah. yeah. Also, again, this game is so funny, and I think we we we're, we we like talking about how oh, much yeah. things mean on the short game. Um, it's also hilarious, and there's lots of yeah, goofs, and there's I honestly didn't know what any of my friend dates would be, and I kind of like on Undertale. Where, like, you don't know if you're going to go down the corner and you're going to see, um, you know, a villain or you're just going to talk to someone and be like, dog marriage. That that feeling <laughs> ah. was in this game, despite its You know, realism. I hadn't thought about it, Laura, but I think Undertale is a really good comparison for this game in terms of the kinds of characters we're, 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 feel, we're meeting. You know, like, really heartfelt, earnest characters that are in these odd situations, perhaps not as odd as Undertale, but... Yeah, there's, that's a really good comparison. This is going to be controversial coming from me because you guys know how much I completely lost my shit over Undertale. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, you kind of lost your shit. Yeah, and um, this, I think this game is better than Undertale. It's very different. It's not for the... It, it, it's You know, you can love both. I say better than Undertale only in that I think this could appeal to almost anyone. Um, Reagan, that's it. You have to rank all of our video games <laughs> right now. And you have to place this one on a, on a spectrum above or below Undertale. We have an Excel sheet, That's Reagan. how video game reviews work. You have to attach numerical, quantifiable values. We to have to it. put yeah. six decimal points after our review scores because we have to make sure that everything falls into its exact precise. Uh, so yeah. graphics in this gets an 8.9. Um, yeah, no two games are the same. And so no two games can have the same score on our... Uh, pizza scale. <laughs> well, I, I only say that I, I only compare it to Undertale in that way, in that I want to say, like, if you liked Undertale, 
because of its characters and the way that it told a very heartfelt story, even though it was very bizarre at times, this has that same sort of level of sincerity and of like characters that just make your your heart do something. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but Undertale was far more of a like a, yeah, a game. It was, it was like a dungeon game. crawler. You know, you you were you were getting better. You had to. There was actually an entire combat mechanic. Even if you weren't fighting, you were avoiding. So it's like I I, I agree completely character wise. But like if the, there's no similarity yeah. in gameplay, none at all. Yeah, yeah, my other comparison was actually. Just because of the number of screenshots I took, it was much like 80 Days, where I'd just get floored by the writing, take a screenshot. Not totally correct, but it's that kind of love of writing. Um, If you like hanging out with really smart people uh, and just kind of... If you like dialogue trees, if you like just continuing to talk to characters because they're going to keep saying interesting things, this is... a game that's right up your alley while we're busy comparing this to other games the comparison that came up for me while i was playing it was uh persona 4 and i know that's kind of silly because persona 4 is a you know uh like 60 hour fifty thousand hours <laughs> yeah and it's a jrpg and all that but it has this it has this um, so if you're listening to this show and you liked this game but you hate short games play persona 4 <laughs> yeah absolutely well persona 4 is you know a bunch of friends solving a mystery and it has a system that uh that is similar to this in that like each day and each game Uh, You know, the game has a limited number of days. You have to go out and pick a friend to spend time with. And as you spend time with them, because it's an RPG, you're leveling up your friendship stat. Well, here you're really just (laughs) uh, expanding your understanding of the characters and getting to see more great dialogue between these characters. But it has that same kind of structure, which, like, really, really works for me. I think all I really want are games that have, like, a hangout mechanic, you know? I just want (laughs) games that let me, like hang out with friends in them. Reagan, if you just want to, like, call me sometime and just talk, like, that's cool. (laughs) Reagan would just like some friends. I mean, one more... (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, Reagan. I quit the podcast. Uh, Go on ahead without me. uh, (laughs) I was... I can't even... I was going to... No, it's lost. Can't get it back. We're just going to have 20 minutes of us laughing for Reagan to cut yeah. later. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and that's our show. We'll talk to you. No, wait. Um, there, we're going to need to get to the spoiler break here in a second. But is there anything anybody wants to bring up before we uh, we start talking about specific story beats? Or- Music. Uh, yes, I want to bring up Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is fucking bomb as shit. It is so fucking good. Oh my god, guys, the Switch is fun. Uh, but if you got that Wii U still, go get that shit on a disc. Oh my god. just You can climb at all. You, he climbs whatever. You're not wrong. It's great, but it's also not a short game. Um, yeah. if, you, if you love... Zelda, um, I don't know. Maybe stick around till after the spoiler break. Maybe after the end of the show, we'll do a little uh, little uh, Zelda chat that we'll tag onto the end. I'm on a Zelda hiatus until May. Oh, you're brave. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bummer.
Um, the music is fantastic and varied, and um, you get different kind of themes and different settings all over. Um, there was a lot of times where I would just sit and listen to the songs. Um, there's some really kind of funky, um, really interesting songs. Um, Not the least of which is the band practice songs. Like there, May and her friends oh have God. a band, and there are. I have had "Die Anywhere Else" stuck in my oh. head. Since I heard it, and I only heard it twice, I literally restarted that scene so I could hear it again. So good. Uh, well, and on that note, too, with the band practice, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, um, and I was saying, like, in Undertale, like, it's actually, there's, like, games, you know, it's actually, like, gameplay mechanics. There is, it's not heavy, but more so than you would expect to find in a game like this that is so story-focused. There are, like, little mini-games all throughout it. Uh mm-hmm band practice that happens i think three maybe four times it's like a little rock band generator you're pressing uh one two three or four on your uh keypad if you're playing on um computer and it's exactly rock band you you know may plays bass and the one two three and the four comes down you have to match it uh there's lots of little things with like greg where you're at a restaurant you have to throw food into his mouth and he's moving back and forth and you have to time it just right Sometimes you steal things. Sometimes you steal (laughs) things. And you have to do it perfectly, um, or else you fall down the stairs and Greg breaks his back and dies. Uh, There's a knife fight. And you've also got that game on the computer, uh, Demon Demon Tower, Tower, Story of the Blood Thief. Which I played way too much of. It's like Hyper Light Drifter Mini built into the game. You can play this whole roguelike. Crazy. It's actually a solid game. Like, I... I could see like yeah, it's got like a couple of endings. I didn't get to the ending. Did you finish Demon Tower? No, I I really just wanted to know what happened at the end of it, so I looked it up on YouTube. I, I was <laughs> not gonna sit there and play through uh, <laughs> all of Demon Tower, the blood story of the blood thief. I played like three or four levels of it. I played a way too many, considering I was really behind in playing this game. And then Nate being him was like, "So how's it going?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm playing Demon Tower. Sorry." <laughs> haven't finished the game yet but i'm doing really well in demon tower right yeah it's cool though like you know it like it adds some variance to it like this game has so much like, variety everything that i don't there's just so much in it yeah like it's funny uh it's really bittersweet it's spooky <laughs> uh it's weird it's got game like fun little platforming games like there's story plots where you have to execute a triple jump as may to get to certain points mm-hmm. like it's 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 incredibly well-rounded it's political and really unusual in it's like like I, i've never seen a game with this kind of politics so it's it, like, more about so, class and economy yeah than yeah current political situation right although there's echoes of that too yeah um it, it's it's a very like there's so much going on here it, you know it, it's if you're just in it for the funny dialogue you'll have a really good time but you're if you're in it to like try and feel something you're gonna feel something there's moments of great gameplay even if maybe you just spend a lot of time playing demon tower and there's just really a lot under the surface if you want to spend the time kind of like analyzing things or trying to understand things that are happening behind the scenes that Yeah. yeah a lot to do in this game my, I joked out about it at the very beginning, but there's like a real heavy kind of millennials versus boomers sort of thing yeah. versus, uh, you know, generation before that um, 
like eight. I don't even like see age. it as millennials versus boomers exactly. Although I have heard that kind of comparison. To me, it's just sort of all about the like slow death of like the middle American small town. It's like the parents who aren't able to retire and the kids who don't have jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Selmer's poem like says it all, <laughs> right? You all heard Selmer's poem, right? Oh, was I if in the library? Oh man, that was fantastic. I don't have that handy, but probably best. I to do, let folks, but I it's, it's about six hours in, so I don't yeah. want to spoil it. Yeah. So this game is available on uh, PlayStation Four and uh, Windows and Mac. I suppose also probably on Linux on Steam. Um, but I think you can also buy it on itch.io which is a nice option if you prefer a drm free option and want to make sure as much of your uh, money goes to the developers as possible yeah it's 19.99 which is a killer price for a game so good and it will take you uh depending i think generally run-throughs are saying about six to nine hours for a complete run-through um, really depending on how much you explore yeah, and you're probably going to want to play this one more than once. Um, I know that as soon as I finished the game, I spent a day thinking about literally nothing else and stalking the developers on Twitter and like reading everything that I could about it. And then I immediately started another playthrough. And then I immediately went on and bought a Donut Wolf t-shirt. Like I, I, I got <laughs> this game got in my head it, it, to a degree that like few other games have in a while. Yeah, and I'd love to hear how people are playing this game because it has so many, you know, there's... You go to bed every night, and I feel like a lot of people go to bed or stop playing at those points. For this game, since we were recording, I pitched through, but I kind of like to hear how it feels when you actually kind of match your rhythms to Maze. Yeah. Let us know. You know, I have uh, I, ha I can one-up all of you because you may have bought a Donut Wolf uh, t-shirt, but I actually bought a Donut Wolf franchise to be opening <laughs> here in Houston, Texas oh, wow. in I, the new yep. year. You have the cosmic donuts. Yeah, Can I get the one with the pentagram on it? Yep, that's all, that's all we make, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that is that is exactly the the donut shop you would make, Shane. <laughs> Just pentagram donuts, as far as the eye can see. So we should go ahead and go to our spoiler break. Uh, something we're going to be starting to do a little differently on this episode is that uh, in, in the past we've tended to on episodes where we have spoiler breaks do our kind of admin, you know, where can you find us and uh, that kind of you know last wrap-up stuff at the end of the episode. And uh, that means that folks who are stopping at the spoiler break might not get a chance to hear it. And so we're going to start doing that before the spoiler break where it makes sense to do so. So um, the episode's going to continue. You're going to hear something that sounds like us wrapping up. But uh, the episode's going to continue after you hear the spoiler break with uh, some talk about the uh, specific story beats that we really liked and uh, some of talk about the ending and the politics of the game and some other stuff. So if, uh, if that's interesting to you, if you've played the game and want to stick around after the spoiler break, uh, please do. Um, but I've been your host, Reagan Kelly, and I uh, have had... Oh, first off, you can uh, find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find a contact form. And we'd love to hear from you. Let us know uh, what games you're playing and think would be good for the show. Uh, also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps a lot. I know every podcast says that, and it sounds like uh, just a, a noise at this point, but we're a small podcast. Getting iTunes reviews is very meaningful to us, and uh, it really helps more than you might think. It helps... Uh, you know, bump us up in whatever the heck ranking system 
uh, iTunes is doing, and even in other systems because they all look at iTunes. It's a it's a whole thing. So if you haven't, and we read and discuss every piece of feedback we get through any avenue, but iTunes reviews are the only way to share your feedback about the show in a public, meaningful way that can really help us yeah. so if you uh if you have a game to recommend you can also drop us a line on twitter that's at underscore short game uh and i'm on twitter as well at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k uh laura where can people find you you can find me on twitter at laura j nash and shane where can people find you you can find me on twitter at 8-bit shane and nate where can people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at NateSTL, and on that, I wanted to also shout out uh, to a uh, follower of ours on Twitter who recommended to us Night in the Woods, not knowing that we were in the midst of actually all playing it to record. Uh, so, at Skyfox, uh, we are one step ahead of you, but please uh, continue to recommend games. We Absolutely. If you know any more like this, let us know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we've somehow missed out something this good, please always (laughs) let us know. Absolutely. And so here it is, ladies and gentlemen, your spoiler break. All right. So the uh, how do we want to do this? Because I feel like there's a hard turn in the back half of the game. But do we want to start by talking what some of our favorite kind of moments are? Yeah, I think that's probably probably the way to go. Yeah, we can talk about the ending in a minute. Um Although, and yeah, that takes talk, some knowing that we didn't all do the cool moments that you probably did. Yeah, yeah, we'll try to. Uh, so something that we kind of mentioned earlier is that there's no way to do everything in this game in one playthrough. And the big division, it seems to me, is that you can either focus on getting all of Greg's scenes or all of B's scenes. And there are some other scenes, for example, some scenes with Germ that also can kind of be your you know, friend <laughs> hangout scene for the day. I love Germ. There goes so a weird, weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Germ is great. I don't think it's that you get all of a character's scenes. It's that you get enough of them to reach the story climax of it. Because I think you can get like halfway with like for me, I I focused on the Greg story. I went to Greg more than I went to B, but I only went to Greg maybe like two more times than I went to B. I went mm-hmm. to B a couple times. So and I and I reached what I believe is the culmination of the Greg story. It's also kind of the culmination of the Angus story. Did you guys get uh so you 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 say you, you guys are talking about Germ whose name is short for Germ Warfare. <laughs> yes. But did you did you guys get the the scene with rabies? No. Who was rabies? No. Nobody else got rabies? I oh saw that that was a achievement. Okay. And he's like, maybe so, I get it from the rats. <laughs> germ, germ hangs out most days in the ravine under that bridge <laughs> to the right of her house. Oh, I went over there. Wait, how do you down get down the there? And, and down, way down in there, down in the woods, in a sewer tunnel, he has a he has a buddy that's a trained possum named Rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could go down there. Once they once they opened you just up that got, bridge, oh, if you just yeah. go on YouTube and find that scene. Uh, that's fantastic. Just so great. Oh man, that's great. 
There's so many. um, So I know that I didn't get to do all of Greg's storyline because I never actually got to go to the Donut Wolf. It was much talked about, but I didn't ever end up actually getting to go there. But I'm pretty sure I saw all of B's scenes. And I would say that the B plot line... The B like uh, <laughs> relation. I know it's the it's, it's the B plot, right? But it's actually for well, it me kind of like, is the A plot and the B plot, isn't it? It is kind mm-hmm. of the A plot. The Angus plot is the <laughs> A plot. No, is there the B movie? I loved, by the way, that Angus was just kind of chilling in the video store, and you'd walk in and you'd have about three sentence conversations about a movie and then leave. Like Angus was just like, "Yeah, we're not actually friends. You you're you're really into my uh, my boyfriend, but we're we're we're." We're friends, but we're not close. Yeah. <laughs> and Angus is cool with it. The movies on the shelves are great, too, like uh, Crime Wave, and it's just a <laughs> image of, like, a wave from the ocean. So. Isn't there one called Be Nice? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> be, uh, be the friend, Be, uh, is kind of a hard – has had a hard life, um, and not even just since you left. You know, what I think is kind of – what really hit home about their story for me, you know, you go to a party early in the game. Uh, like, I think it's the first night that you're back in town and you and Greg get B uh, to drive you out into the woods uh, for a party. And May gets really drunk and B drives her home and she's in really bad shape. And during the drive, uh, it becomes obvious that B, that, that May has forgotten that B's mom died but it's not that her mom died while she was away out of town b's mom died before may even ever left town and this really hit for me because i have this experience sometimes i have a terrible memory um and i I blame my memory but actually sometimes it's just that i'm not a great listener or i'm you know i i i think one of the flaws that i i really like that really hurts me the most when i think about it is that sometimes Like, I think I could do what May does in this scene, you know? Oh, I heard that this friend that I haven't thought about in a while, you know, her mom died, but that wasn't that important to me. So I never really committed that to memory. And now it comes up and I feel like an absolute heel. And that's that that scene in the car with B and May, like that just destroyed me a little bit. I was like, oh God, that's so horrifying. And it hit so close to home Yeah, that's not the first, that's not the first scene or the last in which I was kind of mortified uh, by May's behavior. I found her to be um, like, she, she's a, she's a, she's a, a woman with a lot of trouble in her life. Yeah. Just in a lot of mental in, illness, in, a lot of like, and a lot of it undertreated is, is mental illness. self-imposed, you know, like yeah. she has, I, I spent the entire game like wanting to know more about her as a character so that I could understand why she was doing harm to herself in a lot of ways yeah like why did she leave school like uh, that's sort of a a question that doesn't get answered until that's the biggest question towards the end yeah it's not the only one though or like what happened with you know she apparently beat up a kid uh when she was younger and really like put him in the hospital injures game style yeah yeah and like why did that happen and you don't really know as the player until pretty late in the game and you get you get pictures (laughs) of like that you know there not everything is right in May's head um yeah she fight clubbed him she just wanted to destroy something beautiful yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> well that's what what i thought was really amazing about this though is like i've seen other games that are about mental illness or that have mental illness as a as a as a big plot device but this treats it differently than i've seen in other games you know it's 
it's it's a mental illness. It's not like she has these hallucinations and, you know, I'm going to play through a scene where May is, uh, you know, where all the people around her are turning into animals. Well, because that wouldn't happen because they're already animals. But like it's not it's not like psychedelia mental illness. This is like really specific depression and some kind of other I don't want to diagnose May and I don't I don't know how to but they actually play at that because to me so you know we're past the spoiler break there's obviously the mystery of where did that arm come from yeah. who kidnapped Let's bring up the arm <laughs> why did yeah. they why did they kidnap For, but someone is that the and first mini game is poking no the first mini game is the vending machine but the yeah. second the, mini game the is pizza poking as well. an arm with a stick yeah i felt like the arm situation like i was much more concerned with like what the hell happened there than anyone on screen <laughs> yeah i know they were all uh, even the totally blase about it it was like no big deal an arm on the pavement and that's like a really great like like that's a really great mystery hook in my opinion like yeah. we found an arm on the street and no one knows where it came from and then they don't do anything with that for a while. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's pretty funny, especially when you're, you're as a character poking it with a stick. But um, like what I wanted to say though too is that like I think they play up our expectations of playing a character with a mental illness or some sort of uh, mental you know illness that they kind of. There was a lot of this game where the weird, the more and the more weird stuff that starts happening. I was questioning whether it was actually happening or is this a like an uh, some sort of episode that May is going through? Is this her mental illness? These weird dreams, these weird things. I like, guess she actually seeing something, and it turns out that like no, that's actually totally unrelated. Like there's actually weird shit going on. She's not seeing shit. She has obvious depression issues and like reagan said i'm not going to pretend to diagnose it but she has obvious like depression is in there somewhere but this weird shit she's seeing that's not part of it that's actually happening and it's kind of like a, a it was a big like aha moment to me that like i was kind of leaning in on it thinking oh okay this is going to be a reveal that it's all in her head we're also used to that cliche it's all in her head this is funny because i didn't actually see this as that much about long-term mental illness because to me depression there there's a spectrum but there's the depression that you can't get out of bed and may isn't that may's gone home may is socializing may is out mm -hmm. she feels a lot of anxiety she feels a lot of depression over her current status but i don't know if i would call her clinically depressed i don't know like it, i got the impression that she really had all the symptoms while she was at school and coming home is her way of like kind of like trying to set things right right and i'm not sure if that is it the, the may that is running around town isn't is either coping very well or like snapped out of it so i i it's she's had some level of depression i just think it's it's funny that i never i did think maybe she's hallucinating or because of all the stuff going down in her life yeah. but i didn't think of her as necessarily Maybe I've just played so many video games where the character's main trait is mental illness, uh -huh. and that is not this game. So right. I definitely thought she had a lot going on and had some chemistry, brain chemistry issues, but I wouldn't have necessarily said, 
Ah, mental illness, definitely, just because it's not her central trait. Right, but I think that's my point, is that, like, I think, at least for me, I think they, because so many, so much media is, like, this person has this mental issue, and that's their trait, and the things that are happening to them are because of this mental issue. Like, oh, it was in their head all along. They were, uh, they're actually the they're actually the patient, not the doctor. You know, like all <laughs> like <laughs> like we see it over Dr. and Caligari. over and over. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry. Uh, Spoilers for a movie from the twenties. <laughs> Laura, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, um, and, and like another thing that uh, it's like opposite Firewatch. <laughs> like Firewatch, you think it's like going to be this like grand conspiracy, and it's like spoilers for Firewatch. Yeah, spoilers for Firewatch. I'm sorry, but you think it's going to be this big thing, and it's not. And then like with uh, with this game, it's like I started to think it's not going to be this big thing. It's something with May and like herself, but it turns out it is this big thing, and they actually kind of end up syncing up together and she is able to speak to the void and work out some of her issues. <laughs> so while we're spoiling things, Justin's biggest issue with Rear Window is that he thinks that it's really bad that it actually happens and it would be much better if it was all in Jimmy Stewart's head. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of agree with him. I think that would be a really interesting remake. Um, so like while we're talking, so we're edging in on talking about the ending. And so we probably should just dive into it. The, uh, the ending is probably the most divisive thing about the game. Um, if for some reason you're listening and haven't played the game, uh, you know, shame, go play it. Uh, but the, the ending veers, takes a really hard turn into sort of Lovecraftian or like space horror, you know, uh, May starts having these dreams in which she, meets god who is this totally uh uncaring um you know non-entity distant distant yeah. distant non-caring being that you know just just wants to be left alone and then it's really tired of people asking it for things <laughs> yeah and then there's a there's a a hole in the mine under the town that has some kind of dark lovecraftian presence in it and there's this conspiracy that they're uncovering of of people in the town sort of uh paying homage to and even sacrificing to this dark darkness under the town and nate you were saying like you know the big reveal at the end is like oh this wasn't entirely at least not entirely in may's head i agree but I also think it's a it's also a really strong metaphor. You know, it doesn't have to be all in May's head to be a really great metaphor at the core of this game. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is a story about a town that's like it's like a, a second generation economic disaster. The coal mine is dead, and that happened in May's grandfather's time, and you get some really neat background details about her grandfather. Um and the, the glass factory shut down in May's father's time. Now he has to work a sort of service industry job and he doesn't feel respected. The, the town's kids are all leaving. And the, the sort of the, the core of the, the, the evil of the game is that there's these old people, the dad cult that May calls them. <laughs> the cult of uncles. <laughs> yeah. The like, and they're... They're uh, trying to put things back the way that they think they used to be by preying on the young and preying on the different. And I think that really works as a solid metaphor. This game is very political. And if anything, I think that's why people come away from this and say this is a game that's like about 
you know, basically boomers eating the young, you know, trying to trying to set things back the way they were uh, or the way they think they used to be or ought to be uh, at any cost. And, you know, who who ruined Possum Springs? It wasn't May's generation, but they're paying for for these horrible, you know, dad cults. Uh, <laughs> ideas about the past. And so, it, yeah, it, long story short, I think this game has a really great kind of strong, kind of kind of radical political message at its core that is mostly told through metaphor, but it's really there and it's hard to miss. Yeah, and I, I thought it was great. Like, I was thinking of a game that had a, another ending that takes like a hard left and it'd be like inside... Mm. Um, whereas, and I think that that was like weird and totally like unsettling and strange and, you know, but this was like, this felt like such a good culmination of all the different tones and themes that have been hit on and it gets way out, out there. Um, but it just, it felt right. And May ends up having, you know, her hallucination where she's talking to the, um, Cthulhu monster or whatever that's in the in the void, and it's only responding in you know like runes. But she's bouncing her like real deep hatred for like everything off of it, and she uses that as hope. And um, I, I I just I, I thought this ending was great. I, I I think that there was a lot of ways that this game could have gone where they just like ended on a more solemn tone or or even a good tone um i was not expecting this and i loved every kind of step of the way uh, the whole last half of it yeah there's something very apocalyptic about it i mean they the tagline for the game you know right on the website at the end of everything hold on to anything you know this is a game about the end of the world and the end of the world in that like possum springs is economically falling apart but it's the end of May's world in a way too. You know, her her life is falling apart. Um, the uh, but in in a very like legitimate like uh, they're not joking kind of way. There is something apocalyptic going on in the woods under the town. Well, if they 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 directly ascribe two natural disasters that happened to Possum Springs because they forgot or they were unable to feed the the monster in the hole. There was like a crazy blizzard and like an earthquake or something yeah. that uh yeah. were what they believe were directly responsible to not feeding the hole. And it's not just crazy dudes worshiping like a hole in the ground. There's actually something down there and it's calling to May as well. So conceivably because as uh b says it strikes me that we may have just killed all of those people down there um uh may have they absolutely did yeah yeah <laughs> they've they've killed the town too like th- this yeah they th- possum springs is gonna roll up and blow away unless the janitor is one of them and survived because that's uh but, what i, I mean at, they... at that point like we're we're looking at we're looking at a town that in a sense was held together by evil you know you can't it is the end of everything because uh to these characters it's time to let go of uh of the past you know yeah maybe there's a wonderful quote at the end that i'm I'm, i can't remember exactly and can't uh probably won't do it justice but it's a you know they they can't save everything but you know they can save something you know for now like this is a game about like trying to find a way to to like live in this place 
you know, and save each other, even though they know ultimately this town and the kind of way of life that people have have lived in Possum Springs, it's not getting any better. There's no way yep. to fix Possum Springs. Quick detour for a town with um, with Cthulhu underneath, for lack of a better <laughs> word. Uh, I was actually really impressed that they lightly touched on. There's a church in town, and it's mm-hmm. a light touch, and there's kind of a cool pastor, and yeah, who's doing who's doing like good work for the homeless and yeah. doing her best. You know, I but actually really enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it as well. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil another thing here for us. It's like the end of Cabin in the Woods, um, where you know they like maybe it's best if everything just gets nuked and you just start over. I think they kind of like go with that a little bit in this game too. Like maybe it's better that Possum Springs gets absorbed into the void and everyone just moves on. You know? Yeah. yeah. Just coming back to what Laura was saying about the uh, the church in the town, this is one of the things that I thought was kind of most interesting as sort of like an on-background, like, you know, deep-cut kind of thing about the world of Night in the Woods. You know, you can look at this game and think, well, apart from the fact that everyone are animals, it's our world, right? I mean, they're in Pennsylvania, and, you know, this this has so many Yeah, but it, it's not our world, Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not our world, and one of the things that's clearest that it's not our world is the church. You know, the the church that you go to, there's not a cross anywhere in there. It's not a Christian church. This world, the world of night and the world. Yeah. But there's a saint that breathes fire. They also had World War One, though. Yeah, which yeah. They mention. Yeah, the, it's got a lot of of Earth, but this is like you know, this is like Earth three one five or whatever in the Marvel numbering scheme. This is. This is a world where I kind of think of it as like if you took the fairy kingdoms populated by animals in story books and, you know, let them go ahead and continue on through the Industrial Revolution and through, you know, the economic uh, downturn of the of 2000 of the, you know, like early 2000s and all of the things that have happened to us. Um, but there's still that echo of a fantastic past behind it, which is, I think, what makes the creepy thing under the town work for me. If you look at their website, um, one of the things that they released before the release of the game is something called Lost Constellation. And it's a kind of a playable teaser for the game that happens in the distant past of Night in the Woods. And it's a fairy tale. You know, it's about uh, a, a little alligator girl in a little fez and, uh, and cape wandering around in the woods and talking to spirits. And it's... It, it and she's one of the constellations that you that you see in the sky when you talk to May's old science teacher who stands up on his roof and looks at the sky all the time. So this is a world that's like rooted in a kind of a fantastical past, but that is and now feels very modern. I think that actually, if you if you enjoy the art of this game, and I think many people will enjoy the art of this game, but if if that's a real draw for you, like. The, the mythology of this world is going to draw you in as well as the art. Because not only the, like the saints at the church, but the dusk stars, which are these wonderful myths, um, just and beautifully illustrated in, in a more kind of, uh, kind of lovely, fant- fantastical way. Yeah, I would love to see more games 
set in this world. It doesn't have to be uh, Possum Springs or May or anything like that, but this sort of art style and this fantastic writing, um, I imagine, I, w- I hope that they stay together as a team um, and create more games. Um, it, I I would take the same gameplay. Give me the exact same style game. Just kind of give me another world and another story and I'd be so happy. Mm-hmm. Or hell, make Night in the Woods 2 and, uh, and like, let us... <laughs> Let us see what May happens moves. to May. May in the big city. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I I, do want more of this. It was so wonderful. And I, I've mm-hmm. started playing, and I haven't finished the two. There's actually two um, sort of sub-games, if you will. There's Lost Constellation and Longest Night. Both of them are, are free, or you like pay what you want on itch. So if you want more of this, there's a couple more little small experiences that you can check out. They're not exactly a demo. They don't they don't cover any of the same they're not like slices of Night in the Woods. They're they're their own thing, uh, which I think is a really interesting approach. Um but uh that's out there if you want to kind of feel more of this and see more of the world of Night in the Woods. I also want to give a quick shout out and I I'm, unfortunately their names are slipping me the two TV broadcasters that you see uh, oh. that you watch on TV every night with the dad it's like two Rodney Dangerfields talking to each other it's so funny every time uh, it's like Garbo and Malloy or something yeah, like that yeah something like um, that yeah it's so funny guys there's so much good stuff in this loved game loved it that's a wappa that's a wappa that's a wappa <laughs> Malloy it's company policy to never bali shame but I'm body shameless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about That's that. That's a wappa. All right. Yeah, I like that. There's no voice acting in this game, but clearly we all have like voices in our heads for a ton of these characters. Oh man, there are no voices in this game, but there's a tweet by Scott Benson, and I'm going to try and find it and stick it into the show notes that links to a video that he says the only character with a canon voice is Greg, and he posts this. Uh, this link to a YouTube video that's like the conclusion of an episode of Judge Judy. And there's one character in this that he's like, this is Greg, this guy right here. I didn't kill the cat, John didn't kill the cat, none of us did, because we only smash stuff outside. We don't smash stuff inside, but we love smashing stuff. Gotta say we do. It's so perfect. So I'll have a link to it in the show notes if at all possible. Uh, Seek that out. Maybe if you haven't played yet, do that and read all of Greg's words in that voice. It's so perfect literally play the game over from start to finish reading all of the words in that voice it's worth it literally try to uh try to hire some voice actors to narrate your whole life in yeah i wonder if we'll get a a read-only memories treatment on this game where it'll come out like two years later with voice acting for everything Hmm. i would uh i would i would pay upwards of twenty dollars for that (laughs) i think this is a game that we could literally just keep talking about I think we could just go for hours talking about our uh, characters and moments and and plot, but I think we just got to cut it here. Um, I know we all love this game. And if you're lonely and want to talk with someone about it, we are more than happy to talk back to you on Twitter uh, with little things you've found about it. I mean, we are probably all going to replay this game, and we all loved it. So Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear what people think about this game, because it's a game that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually really want to know because we just want excuses to keep talking yeah, about it. I can't stop thinking about it. This is shooting up my like recommendation list. You know, I think we all carry in our pocket like uh, what games you want to recommend to someone to play. Um, and 
I, I don't know if there's any game above this right now for me. Um, it's it's just so good I, and unique and funny, and it's it's worth playing. And if you do want to drop us a line about it, uh, you can do that on Twitter at underscore short game. And uh, thank you guys so much for, for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. So, Shane, have you gotten to, gotten to the cross-dressing section yet? No. Cross-dressing section of Zelda? Yeah. It's Obi, horn- still my heart. It's horny as fuck, man. Oh, man, I'm, I can only get so erect. I know. Breath of the Wild, baby. This is... We just couldn't not talk about Zelda this week, and so we're cutting this in at the end of the episode. Sorry, it's a very long game. It doesn't have anything to do with the short game and our show's concept or anything like that, but three of the four of us, you know, uh, I, Shane, We're pretty deep. Nate, we're all deep into (laughs) Zelda right now. Um, What do you guys think about it so far? Yeah, we've never said as a show that we don't like long games. We just think that there's a lot of good, better short games out there. But every once in a while... A game like Zelda Breath of the Wild comes out, and I am all about it. I am. This game has grabbed me immediately. I it's got its hooks in me. I am. I am into this game. Yeah, I thought I I thought I was like done with big open world games, Um, and what I'm finding is I think I'm really just done with um, it. I want to be more specific than just say like, well, I like open world games when they're done well. It's different than it's it's, it's a, to be more specific. I think that this game is really about exploring and discovery and not just about having a checklist that's, you know, spread out all over, vomited up all over a map like this game. Other shows will probably have done a better job already of kind of summarizing why the new Zelda is rad. Um, but the the moment that I think I really kind of figured it out, you know, you get off of the initial plateau where you're stuck at the start where well, it kind of teaches you the basics. And, and then you can head in, in any direction and almost any direction is valid and you'll start experiencing interesting things. Um, and it, it holds your hand a little bit just until you get to like Kakariko Village. And then at that point, my quest log was empty. The only thing on my quest log that was even remotely approachable was find these 11 places in the world and all it gives you is a photo of them. And at that point I was like, oh wow, this game really just like, there's there's no next to do item other than wander the hell around. And and I started wandering and you just, I it's it's so good. It's It's like, it's full of little discoveries. It's full of charm. The cooking system is fun. Everything about it is fucking fun. <laughs> it's stylized. It's um, it's. I will, uh, yeah. I will say like the the cooking and stuff is fun, but like I would love for them to bring in some like just quality of life improvements to like, <laughs> item management and yeah, stuff, yeah, and recipes. Yeah, but like, yeah. even even that like, it's it that I I. I think I wonder if I am giving it more of the benefit of the doubt because it's Zelda than I would to another game. I but don't think so. I am just delighted. I'm You're, just delighted like, by this game. I uh, so I have a very limited history with Zelda. I've always loved like Zelda, like Ocarina of Time. I mean, what person of our age like that's a game that is like deep in my like soul from how much I love that game. And then we did a Link Between Worlds uh, for the show. And that's really like the full extent of my true like Zelda playtime. Um, but this game, 
I mean, this is something unlike any of those games. I feel like this is what uh, people like to imagine they were playing when they would play games like A Link to the Past or mm-hmm. like um, even like Ocarina of Time. Like, oh, it's a big world and I can explore it. But it's like, yeah, it kind of was. Like, this is, actually feels like it is. It's gargantuan. Um, Just the map is huge. And like, it's it's not packed with stuff. You know, what I think is actually a big success of the game is that, like, there are times when it can feel a little bit empty, but that makes the the exploration feel more, I don't know, exploring. Yeah, you find something. You, yeah. you find stuff. Yeah, you can't see the next fast travel spot. Yeah, from... You know, you're, 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 you hit the top of some mountain and you find a teeny tiny... Uh, shrine in there and like i had a, th- th- there's there's things where you feel like oh i'm pushing i'm pushing outside the map i'm not uh, they they didn't they didn't plan for me to be here at the top of the world and you see like i saw like a little tiny frog statue and i remembered in the village i saw apples in front of the frog statues so i put an apple in front of the frog statue and then a little spirit comes out and gives me a nut Those it's like <laughs> it's great They've they've got it all figured out. Yeah, and the combat is fun. You're in good like, hands in this game wherever you go. It's like which is so nice in an open world game. I don't always feel that way. Yeah. The exploration is great, but it's got other systems that really work for me too. Like I'm really enjoying the combat. It's it's still it's pretty varied. What I think is really cool about it is the way that they they uh they keep trashing your weapons. You know, your weapons only last for like 20 minutes at the most and then you have to switch to another one and I mean, that's brand new for Zelda. They've never done that before. And there's tons and tons of... And that makes the loot, like, you know, kill... You see a you see a, a moblin with a sweet-looking sword, and you're like, I am killing that guy and taking his sword. And then you can use it for a little while, but then that thing's going to break. It gives you this fun, like... It, I thought it sounded like a, like a treadmill. You know, I, I usually hate having to worry about weapon durability in games, but I think I usually hate it because I get the, the weapon that I like, it breaks, and then I have to go get it And then it you're repaired. just spending all your time repairing that weapon. Right. Which is no fun. Whereas but this in this, is... you can't repair the weapons. It's, There's it's weapons just everywhere. a matter of yeah. <laughs> finding a enormous variety of... I've not had a play session where I've not seen a new item that I could use. Yes. Yeah. And you go, like, you see, a, you see a dude, like, I see a whiz robe up on a, on a hill. And by the way, the whiz robes in this are creepy as fuck. I love them. Oh, they're great. And, you know, you see a whiz robe, and you're like, well, that's going to be a hard fight, but I know I'm going to get an electric rod out of it, and that's going to be really tight. So I'm going to go kill that whiz robe. <laughs> and, you know... Yeah, so I've been marking the whiz robes that I've found on my map, because I want a full set of all the rods. Mm. So I've only, but I've only found an electric and a fire. Same here. Whiz robe. Uh, I don't know if there's more. They're calling this like the dark souls of Zelda. Um, because like most Zelda games, like you get to a point where like, you don't really die that often. I mean, like it happens. Um, but for the most part, you just kind of get real strong real quick and then you just kill stuff. Um, I've died a ton in this game or like a lot and Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. You gotta you gotta get things like those dodge mechanics down early, otherwise you're yeah. gonna get hit and die real quick. Or like I uh, right out of the gates, and it actually 
It, I, I think it's been a really good experience, but like I, I jumped off the plateau and I had not switched my like quest marker from defeat Ganon <laughs> to <laughs> uh, to visit Kakarika. So I was like trying to get that way, and I ran into some stuff that was. Oh man! I mean, I'm like the I'm like new in the game, and I spent all this time trying to get around them before I realized like, oh, I'm just going to a place that I can't handle yet. Um, but it also did, led to me discovering my first horse. There's nothing to stop you from walking right up to Hyrule Castle. Yeah. You, the hero for for the hero of time in this game, you're gonna die in some really embarrassing ways. Like I cannot, <laughs> I cannot count the number of times that I have like drowned because I couldn't climb up onto a wet rock. <laughs> <laughs> or you know? Molly and I both uh, hit the wrong button when jumping out of the tower for the first time to activate the paraglider. I play a lot of. Uh, PlayStation 4 is my primary console, and X on PlayStation is very different than X yep. on Wii U. <laughs> yep. And it's taken me so many times to like get it out of my head that X is not it. Like it's it's totally different. So I jumped out. Like they give you this like grand epic quest, and then you just run and jump off a tower and fall to your death. Like two seconds after the cutscene, explaining that you're like the legendary legendary hero. Mm-hmm. so funny and felt so stupid it's got so many like little wonderful like like emergent yeah gameplay. emergent emergent yeah. story and emergent gameplay like you, know, you you run up to a bunch of moblins and they've got their little camp going and there's a bunch of explosive barrels and like you know a, a, a moblin sees me points at me uh you know all the other moblins start coming my way one of them picks up a explosive barrel and tries to chuck it at me but it lands short and kills like three of his buddies uh you know some of them are skeletons and so their arms and stuff go flying and one of them picks up his dead buddy's arm to come and try and beat me with it's like it's all these like wonderful little yeah one of my moments. favorite moments like that that i had was was like um they so they give you these powers on his little ipad thing the mm-hmm. slate and um finally link has an ipad finally finally so he has he has a thing called stasis where like you can you can like pin a pin a thing down and it'll prevent it from moving Uh, but then if you if you beat on that item then it'll fly off when the stasis time runs out anyway i was like spamming that in my in one of my fights uh, because i was in an area like surrounded by a bunch of crates and you know, I just was laying it down on this crate that I used as cover, and they came up to the crate, and they all knocked around the crate, and then I was falling back because they were coming around the crate, and then the crate flew and blew up, like, two of them, <laughs> and I That's hadn't even awesome. touched them or the crate. You know, like, the, the so the powers are clever. They give you the powers that you really want right off. They give you, like, the bomb and, and stuff like that, and, and the magnesis is a great power, and, mm-hmm. you know, you start picking up items like... The boomerang is like right. And can I just right say just about the, the magnesis power that like they nailed the motion controls. I'm playing on the Switch, and um, for both the some of the powers like magnesis and the uh, and the arrows, they actually have useful motion controls. You know, when you're aiming an arrow, your your stick does sort of like broad fast movements, and then you kind of tilt the the gamepad or the the switch a little bit to kind of do the fine control, and that totally works like it's motion control on a handheld console that adds to the experience and doesn't screw it up for me it's really really cool hmm. i'm playing on wii u i actually turned it off for me but it's probably the same i just turned it off because i felt like 
I like I'm playing it on the gamepad, and I feel like I like yeah the gamepad's big. That's a kind of a weird, but like with the Switch, it's small enough that I feel like it works to do that. I don't have yeah. to like I don't have to get acrobatic in order to tilt the Switch around. Or if I'm just using the Pro controller or the or the um, Joy Cons on their own, they have the same motion control. And even on like the Pro controller, it's nice to have that tilt to just sort of finesse the arrow aim a little bit. It's nice. Sure. So yeah. Well, I think we could yeah, talk we, about we this all night too. So <laughs> I want to make the episode 100 hours long. I I am totally digging this game. Um, yeah, it's rad, and the Switch is fun too. Like I really like the hardware; it's great. Yeah. So, uh, this is shaping up to be like I think Breath of the Wild is on its way to being like a classic, and I think it's a uh, it's going to be really hard to keep the show uh the short game on track with breath of the wild being like absorbing my entire being right now and then in a month persona 5 is coming out and i'm gonna have no free time again so (laughs) you guys are on your own for the next like six months i'm sorry we'll see how this goes (laughs) yeah i know right that we're gonna be doing like we're gonna be doing like games yeah, we're going to be doing, like, itch, like, 15-minute games <laughs> for, like, all summer. Yeah, this game's great. Like, it's, a, it's like, you ever played Pong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like that, but they really made it glow. They made it gr- glow real good. It's called Glowy Pong. <laughs> <laughs> God, good. Great episode, guys. Dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs>